With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. We're live, pal. Hey, we're live, pal. I don't hear any music, Casey. Do we have music this week? Oh, there it is. What do you guys think of the music, by the way? I love it. 10 out of 10? Oh. For sure. Well, anyway, this is Jose Young with MMA Fighting here for another episode of the A-Side. Now, a lot of people have been asking me how come we're not doing Mondays and Fridays anymore, too. It's because fights are back, and we've had fights every single weekend for a long time now. So we're not doing Fridays anymore because we have official weigh-ins. You guys all know what official weigh-ins are because you watch our live streams. Uh, and then Mondays... We're usually getting back from fight week, so we don't do uh, A-side on Mondays anymore. So we're back to our normal Wednesdays only. You can, If you're feeling froggy and you want more MMA content, MMA fighting, you got what the heck, and you got Between the Links. I'm sure Kristen and Anthony are going to be on Between the Links in the future, and they can both lose to me uh, because I am 2-0, the two-time defending champion on Mike Hex and like Anthony's eyes raise up because he's like, yeah, you're right, Jose. You're, I'm probably going to lose, so uh, you don't have to come on if you don't want Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this is, of course, the A-Side live chat. Uh, joining me this week, I am very happy to have both of them. They are some of my favorite people in the business. Ant Walker, he's been on a few times, and from my old iteration to this new iteration, uh, always happy to have him on. He's one of, the, one of my uh, the favorite people I see during fight week. And, of course, Kristen King making her debut on the A-side. I used to work with her at Fansided. She's also one of my favorite people in the business. So, Kristen, I'll start with you. What's up? How's life down in Florida? Life down in Florida is exactly what you'd expect it to be, so probably not the most exciting thing. I think the A-side appearance is, like, top five life experience for me. So, thanks. Top five, don't say that. This it is it totally is. Like, I haven't been alive that long anyway, so... I, Maybe take that with a grain of salt. I don't know. There you go. So, wait, four more things have happened that's better than this? That's insane. Well, yeah, I taught my dog how to sit when he's asking for treats, and then I also memorized the rap for Rap God by Eminem. That was, like, up there. All right, so what's the third one, then? Because those are easily one, too. Oh, third one actually recently just happened. I learned how to make my own pico de gallo for my barbacoa tacos. So that was a big thing for me. So... When you said fourth, I was skeptical, but yeah, those three things are grossly better than appearing on the A side. Right? I'd probably put crazy. dog number one, and then I love Pico de Gallo too much. It's probably number two, and then Eminem is like so whatever to me at this in 2020 that I'll put him third. That's perfectly but, fine with me. But Am, how's life been as a dad over on your side of the world? You're completely across the country from Kristen. Yeah, man. Dad life has been uh, has been amazing. My my little dude is getting bigger every day. He's uh, He's taking advantage of being ultra cute and uh, manipulating me and his mother. And, uh, yeah, so I, I've just been chilling at home, watching fights when they're on. Um, you know, about to get this get this, this justice on. That's about it, bro. There you go. And before we get into that, I still see you have that bum-ass Deadpool bus behind you. We're not even going to talk about it. Oh, wow. I also brought my Deadpool coffee mug for you as well. Wow, I thought that was a – I was going to give you props because I thought that was a Spider-Man mug. 
Me too. I'd take, I'd take back the props because but you'll, zero you'll love the Deadpool. reason why I'm using this one because it's much bigger than my Avengers mugs and I put whiskey in my coffee today. So there we go. All right. It's going to be one of those episodes. What it's man. what? It's 10 a.m. where you are. Perfect. It's perfect. It's perfect time to drink where Christian is. But of course, this is not our podcast. Oh, I didn't even say Casey. Oh, yeah. How's it with you? You're here. Casey on the ones and twos. I'm just happy to have my friends here. I, I haven't seen Kristen in a long time. I don't get to see her at events. And um, and Walker, we're, we're quarantined. Well, well, I don't know. It's kind of, I guess quarantine is kind of semi-over now. So I guess we can start seeing each other in the same block. Yeah, I have to like, come over you know, when it's safe. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, it's going right. as always, this is not our podcast. This is the fans podcast. You can ask whatever question you want. You can go on Twitter. You could hashtag the A side. You can just respond to the tweets. You can question in the comment section. I don't know about you guys, but I don't really look at the questions until we they show up on my screen because I don't like to prepare. I like it to be off the cuff. Uh, same thing as I do between the links. And that has been working out beautifully for me. So without further ado, Casey, what's our first question? Okie dokie, first question. Um, you know what? Let's go, let's go to one of our. Let's go to a fan favorite here. From <laughs> Jose Shorty Torres, a longtime co-host of the A Side and Brave CF Flyweight, with a few popular and former UFC fighter, with a few popular fighters denying fights because of pay disputes. Do you think more fighters will start asking for more money and following the movement with backing out, or will the UFC just hire other guys that'll fight for less and just move on from there? Hashtag asking for a friend. Hashtag the A side. And I'll start with you. Uh, we're going to use this question as as a way to 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 talk about one of the the topics do- dominating the headlines, and that is Dana White versus a couple. Uh, unhappy fighters, specifically John Jones, Jorge Masvidal, who have been asking for more money, quote, asking for what they're worth. Even Sugar Sean O'Malley himself said, I just want to renegotiate and fight for what I'm worth. But to answer Shorty Torres' question, will more fighters step up, or is the UFC just going to hire fighters to fight for less? I think it's going to be a little bit of both. So for sure, more fighters are going to be uh, jumping in line here. I think I think it's important to note that John Jones and Jorge Masvidal are part of the same management company. Yes. If we start seeing management companies um, put a hard line in the sand and say, hey, our guys need to get paid more, uh, then you're, you're going to start to see a lot more solidarity between the fighters. And God forbid, you know, the Cowell brothers and Ali get along. Um, and, and they decide that this is what we're going to do. That'll be such a, a devastating effect to UFC brass when it comes time to negotiate because there's too many people. Now, of course, the UFC is going to reach out uh, and, and start calling people up the ranks. The problem is, though, you've got to start from scratch and build those guys up. You can't just just call up uh, a guy who's, you know, who's fighting in LFA right now and, and put him to the same level of a Jorge Masvidal. It's just not going to work. Um, so it's going to put the UFC at such a disadvantage having to start from scratch, building up some of these names. And then on top of that, you got to look at how ESPN is going to feel about this. ESPN, strangely enough, has been giving quite the platform to the fighters to air the grievances. Um, you know, Jorge Masvidal went on SportsCenter and ran roughshod over the UFC um, in, in that interview. They also had um, one of their analysts who happens to be um, one of the higher ups in the NFL Players Association mm-hmm. run all over Dana the other day. 
uh, about this. So <clears throat> ESPN might be backing the fighters more so simply because they'll have the best product to put on. Uh, for them, it doesn't matter because they're guaranteed to throw a certain amount of money at, at the UFC anyway. So why not have the best product? I, I think with with the, the current <clears throat> state of affairs, we might be creating the perfect storm. It's just that the fighters have to stick it out and, and see this through to the end. Kristen, same question, uh, specifically because I think what maybe Shorty Torres is uh, referring to, and you even saw Nate Diaz tweet about it, Gilbert Burns gets the title shot against Kamara Usman, uh, which I think after the win over Tyron Woodley, it maybe wasn't surprised that he got the the, the next shot. Uh, but everyone wanted to see the Masvidal Usman fight, especially after uh, they were going back and forth. They they've done a lot of score. They've been two of the most used fighters for guest fighters in like the last year, and they've just been talking about each other this whole time. Uh, Gilbert Burns beats Tyron Woodley, and you know Gilbert Burns will fight anyone, anytime, anywhere. I have to assume his asking price was a lot lower than Jorge Masvidal, which I'm sure Dana White absolutely loves. So uh, to answer Shorty Torres' question, are we going to get more fighters like Gilbert Burns who are willing to fight to get those title shots, or are we going to see more fighters uh, unify going forward? Yeah, more than likely, you're probably going to see a lot more fighters just take the opportunity and take whatever they're given with Dana White. Obviously, he has that take-it-or-leave-it kind of thing when it comes to contracts. And I guess in the Gilbert Burns situation, I, I broke it down to two things. The two M's, it was either merit which is completely valid as far as arguing should he get the next title shot absolutely uh j just his last three fights i think it was gunner nelson it was a knockout mm -hmm. then then he had uh who was the next one after gunner oh damian maya that yeah. was a knockout and then he just completely dismantled tyron woodley so and immediately like a couple days after he got shot up to the number one contender spot so i was like okay i think i know where they're gonna go with this so merit yes money also too um, I can assure you, same thing that you just said, Gilbert Burns is not asking anywhere near what Jorge Masvidal was asking for. And maybe I, I remember Colby Covington said something like Jorge Masvidal priced himself out. Maybe that is the case. And unfortunately, this is a business where if opportunity rises and you don't take it, you get left behind. And we've seen that a lot. So I think a lot more fighters are probably just going to be in that position where Gilbert is right now where you just have to take advantage of what you're given. I mean, he was fighting. I can't even remember the other fighters that he fought before Damian Maya and Gunnar Nelson. I can't remember their names right now. Dan so. Hooker beat, I mean, Dan Hooker beat his ass. Set yeah, him up to welterweight. Like, welterweight. Like two, what, yeah. two years ago? At lightweight. That was, he beat him at light. Like he was fighting like, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, so it's like outside of Dan Hooker, I can't tell you the, the other ones right now. So he's in the perfect place to ask for whatever he's asking for and if it aligns with Dana White and Endeavor I guess he's going to get this title shot so I would hope that a lot of the fighters uh, unify eventually when it comes to fighter pay I think it's great that some of the top stars are speaking out about it but I need them to do more than speak I need them to start doing some work here I think Al Iaquinta said that too on Twitter when he was talking to John Jones he's like you should use your platform and we can do this together but it's it's difficult to do that in this kind of sport. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, let's also not forget that Kamaru Usman got his initial title shot because he took advantage of the situation when it was like, you said it perfectly, Gilbert Burns is the number one contender on merit. He's the number one ranked guy. Colby Covington was the interim champion at the time. So even Tyron Woodley said, like, regardless of how you felt about Colby Covington, he should be fighting for the title right now. 
didn't get the shot because of whatever reason, money or wasn't ready or anything. And they canceled an entire pay-per-view in January. And then Kamar Usman stepped up and took that fight. So Kamar Usman took advantage of the situation. Gilbert Burns is taking advantage of the situation. So uh, I'm with both of you guys. I hope fighters step up. Guys like John Jones, guys like Hori Maslow. Because remember that what M M A A A A thing a, 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 that a, had like a, the a. it was like jo- it was like GSP, Kane, Cowboy, <laughs> TJ, Bjorn Ripney, and Bjorn. Re- yeah, but it was like those guys. Donald Cerrone with the eye patch. Donald Cerrone <laughs> with the eye patch. It was like all of those and Tim Kennedy, of course. All those those guys were big enough names that if they really were serious about it, they probably could have made a difference. But then, yeah, he like, never got off the ground. TJ did well, GSP got it. It was all neg- a lot of negotiating tactics for all of them. Like GSP mm-hmm. got a, like a better deal. Cowboy got a deal. Bjorn, like Tim Kennedy retired. Bjorn Rebney was Bjorn Rebney. Cain Velasquez uh, was hurt at the time. So it was like it never got moving. But those were the names you needed. And if Masvidal and John Jones take the flag and run with it, I'm again, I'm very curious to see what could happen. I think it's interesting, too, that Gilbert Burns um, is now benefiting from this. And he's he's kind of like a new version of Cowboy, just taking any fight and just trying to move up the rankings as fast as possible. And just that anytime, any anywhere mentality. Gilbert Burns is the, the sort of guy that's going to look back and wish that he was part of some sort of unionization effort. He's going to look back and wish like he got paid more per fight, especially with the frequency of his fights and how much he's given to the company so far. So I wouldn't be surprised if two years down the line, if, if we're still having this conversation, that Gilbert Burns is standing next to whatever iteration of fighters and um, exiled promoters that are going to start the new version of the MAJ something, whatever. The random J was hilarious. The random J. Okay, is there anything you want to add to this? You've been covering the sport longer than all of us. There it is. MMA. Ma-ma-ma, Look, they had shirts it. ready and everything. I forgot. Yeah, they did. I mean, if you start making shirts, you, you're pretty serious about something. So I, I'm kind of shocked that it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> None of our, like, this seems like a weird fever dream at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the names that we have left right now. I mean... I think only one of them is still fighting at the moment. Yeah, just Cowboy. And we, we've seen how, you know, how that has gone so far, so. <laughs> as, as, has anyone seen Bjorn Rebney? Like, he was in this photo, but no. then, it, like. Mexico! He, yeah, is he really there? He came back from Mexico to take this picture, and yeah. then he disappeared again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you for the question, Shorty. Next question. From Jay's store, long one from the site, who controls the story and who should? In his appearance on the steve podcast, Dana White said fans need to be engaged in a story for fights to sell well. In the same interview, White rallied against media coverage of the UFC and seemed to broadly state it has little or no value. I thought his stance was a bit ridiculous because from my outsider perspective, the story of a fight is largely told through the fighters engaging with the media. In other words, media coverage sells fights. My question is, from an insider perspective, how big of a role do fighters, the media, and the UFC share in creating the story of a fighter slash fight? Is the balance correct? Should it be changed? If so, how? So a lot to unpack on this question. And I'll start with you again. Uh, who controls the story and who should? I personally think it should be like a, a marriage of all of them. Like the fight, like Ben Rothwell was on here and we asked, someone asked him like, how do you view the media as a fighter? Same as Roxanne Modifier. And she's like, well, we need the media to get, to get our word out to the fans because like Ben Rothwell doesn't, 
isn't out there push pushing himself on social media as much. He views us as a necessity to promote fights. I think a lot of fighters view that. Even Uriah Hall's come around. Like, remember when Uriah Hall hated us? Now even he's come around and he said, like, I wish when I was younger I knew, like, how to more interact with the media and be less abrasive, uh, I think. So I'll start with you. Who's Who controls the narrative? It was the question. I mean, ideally, we all should. That That's the ideal setup. I mean, there's no way you can get around the fact that the media needs – uh, fights to happen, and other, otherwise we don't have anything to talk about. We do need the fighters to talk to us, otherwise we're just talking amongst ourselves all the time. Uh, but they need us as well. So um, if the UFC isn't putting enough, putting out enough commercials, well, then somebody's got to tell you that a fight's going on. Uh, somebody's got to explain to you what's important about the fight and from a technical standpoint or from a storyline standpoint or, or whatever the case may be. I, I think more so the issue is that the UFC views the media as uh, some sort of like unpaid PR system. Mm-hmm. That that instead of us doing our jobs, which is to report on what's going on, um, it, they, they feel like if that reporting isn't favorable to the UFC, if it isn't boosting them up, then okay, we're fake news or we, you know, we shouldn't exist or we're a nuisance or you know, all of this is going to, it's going to be checks and balances with all this, because if we act irresponsibly, we're not going to be able to uh, talk to fighters. We're not going to be able to get uh, certain access privileges to uh, report on things accurately. So there is a certain synergy that needs to take place. And a lot of it just involves checking your ego at the door. And, And I think that's the main problem is that the ego, um, at the top, is not being checked. Therefore, everyone works under him. That's not the case. Not the case at all. Kristen, same question. Who controls the narrative? I think you said it perfectly when you said we need to have, like, a marriage. I mean, we need the fighters to do our job, and then the fighters expect us to kind of tell their story whenever a fight is about to happen. That's probably one of the best things about this job is being able to tell the stories of these fighters that typically wouldn't be told if it were not for MMA media, if it was just complete mainstream media, I think we'd be missing a lot of what the fighters have to offer. So I think we need to rely on each other and not look at lot look at the distinction of media can sometimes be out of pocket or out of place when it comes to reporting things because at the end of the day this is this is our job and it and it's a necessity to know almost everything that goes on. I mean I, there has to be some kind of transparency. I know the fans want to read about these fighters and I know I love reading some of your guys' work and stuff like that when it comes to preparing myself for the fights because sometimes I think Dana is kind of right at least in the last couple of years as far as narrative sells fights. I mean look at the Colby Covington and Kamaru Usman fight literally had people hitting me up like when is it coming on and these people would never watch MMA but because they had heard so much about what was going on and how the current political climate was being used to their advantage as far as selling the fight goes how else would you not hear about that if it weren't for us so I definitely think we need to work together when it comes to telling these stories and 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 it should definitely be an equal balance between the two did you guys watch the post-fight press conference from UFC 250? Yes. yes. Did you pull your hair out of a lot of those questions? Complete disaster, uh, in, in my opinion. Total, total dumpster fire. Uh, there was a lot of yeah. people basically asking Dana White for a job. And yeah. a lot of so, some of us, like, when I say the people that cover the sport, 
like on a regular at better at all of them you you know who i would be referring to we were all looking at each other being like what is this is this a question or is he just complimenting the ufc uh in the middle of practice. what do you what do you have to say casey you just popped in oh no i'm just i'm, I'm, you just I'm, sitting just, there with I'm just giggling too with you like yeah no no i i just thought it was um my favorite my favorite part was when dana reminded when dana predicted oh by the way everyone in this room will lose their jobs pretty soon he's been saying that for yeah. a while Damn it! I'll say thanks. Thanks, my guy. Keep it, keep, keep it posy, Dana. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it was, anyway. It was a, yeah, it was, it was a weird, it was a weird press conference. <laughs> it was the most bizarre press conference I've ever been to. There were a lot of me like in Jacksonville and the Burns Woodley fight. There were maybe four or five media that were there for all of them. So we had like this system where like. Someone would ask this, and then someone would come in with this, and then some. We we had like this system that we had worked out amongst the media of who was going to ask what question, so we weren't jumping all on top of each other. And then there, obviously, UFC 250 was a major pay per view, so we had a lot of like non like MMA specific media, and they were just like, and we were just like, oh my god, can we just go back to like this small group of media asking the important questions? <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize how prevalent that was until I started going backstage and asking questions and like. There are people that just straight up leave after they ask their questions, and it oh yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with with the fights. I'm like, why are you asking this? Sometimes like, I'm like, where's this video going? Like, you're asking a question. Right. I don't even, you have a camera. You're just you you're not what, even writing anything. <laughs> you know what it is? It's just they want a sound bite for their website. That's all that it is. Not even their website. Their Instagram or their Twitter. Yeah, exactly. They just they throw it out there. Just um, hashtag. Yeah. I was there. I, I'll, I'll say, man, one one thing that really really irritates the hell out of me is when you see, I mean, you're at a press conference, you hear a question get asked, all right, cool, answer's given, and then about two minutes later, someone else asks the same damn question simply because they just want to hear their own voice. Our own, uh, my, my, my coworker, Alex Savis, uh, Christian's former coworker, Fanside, we were slacking and like, uh, since we since we were at the last five fights and like there was all, we got all of the quarantine questions out of the way. Like Good. we asked all of those questions at UFC 249 in Jacksonville. And then all the media that wasn't there had to ask those same questions. And we're just like, we already answered this three weeks ago, guy. Like, move on. More questions about fighter pay. Anyway, I could I digress. Well, hey, Casey, we we, we, we just have to hear the questions. These fighters have to answer the same questions. Oh, that's over, a good so. point. That is a very good yeah. point. <laughs> all right. So, so what was the final answer? Yeah, it should be a it's good a marriage. Mix. Yeah, it's a marriage. It has to be. Even Muhammad Ali knew that when he would speak to the reporters. Uh, he would even like say what you want about Colby Covington and his political views, or if you agree or disagree with him. That dude does more interviews than like any fighter I've ever seen. Like every other day, he's like on. My, what the heck and then he's on ESPN and then he's on James Lynch's show and then he's on the like and then he's on submission radio like he is out there pushing himself so uh you it, it, you need and now like he might talk himself into a WWE contract when he retires solely because everyone is asking about it now I you know I, I would say one of the one of the weirdest parts of my job is when I'm um producing what the heck and we're interviewing Colby and you know I and I actually Kobe has a prize fight as a prize fighter. I actually really um, he, he's 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 doing a great job of it. But I'm sitting there I'm like, hey, Kobe, can you move your camera slightly to the left? I want I want to make sure I see Donald Trump right there over your shoulder. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to get the proper you know frame. He's like, oh, thanks, thanks. But but then like once we once we start recording, then it's um, 
It's Kobe time. One hundred percent. Thank you for the question, Jay Store. All right, two out of two on good, really excellent questions so far. From <laughs> Matt the Donk, longtime commenter. How disappointing is it that the mysterious, closely held secret of Fight Island just turned out to be Yaz Island, a place where the UFC has held events before? So, Kristen, I will start with you this time. Uh, when the UFC and Dan White went on ESPN and announced Yaz Island is Fight Island, initial thoughts? I could care less. I never, <laughs> cared. I never cared about Fight Island. I, I think a lot of people just think that island is synonymous with, like, hula skirts and coconut right. claws and pina coladas and mermaids whatever the hell you think an island is supposed to have and i mean any any person that's dealt with this before you should have probably known that that wasn't going to be a real thing like i know a lot of people are like oh my god this is going to be like some real life mortal combat shit and i'm just like no probably not we're not going to like some deserted island to have some fights and stuff like that it's probably going to be something that they've already done before so when they said it's going to be on yaz island i was like yeah that i mean it figures that that's exactly what dana white would do you know you remember in in, in peanuts or charlie brown show or what's her name she kept holding like lucy, the football lucy. she'll take it away lucy there you go that that's you got lucy basically <laughs> we got lucy <laughs> that's a phenomenal like that is Casey knows my affinity for the peanuts. So that is a 10 out of 10 reference right there. And your thoughts on Yaz Islands just being fight island. Call, call me a sucker. <laughs> Man, I was disappointed because like like I'm always the one who's crying about sporting integrity. I'm always the one who wants everything to be above board and regulated and, and, and whatnot. And. Yeah, I mean, we already knew this was a way to escape regulation. Like this is this is the whole purpose of Fight Island to 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 circumvent government intervention. But if you're gonna do that, just embrace the ridiculous. Just go <laughs> headfirst into the foolishness because it's the one time where a guy like me will be like, all right, I'm cool with that. It, you know, I, I was I kept putting out that hashtag uh, UFC yacht in international waters. Because this is this is the level of silly that I that I needed to see. If we're going to go against government regulation, why just do the same old thing? I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up um, uh, some some old references right here that I've that if you've seen any of my old shows or read some of my old work, I've, I've talked about this before. But like the UFC has the the capabilities of doing a lot more things creatively that they seem to just pass over. Uh, on, a, on a frequent frequent basis. Think about when the UFC first went back to Japan for, I think it was 144, uh, Ben Henderson and, uh, and Frankie Edgar. Why didn't they have like a nod to pride there with the blue gloves and the white floor on the right. cage? Or or like when um, Pettis and, and Bendo rematched in Milwaukee for, for the UFC lightweight title, give a nod to the WEC with the with the blue floor. Like some something to pay homage to um, to the promotions that they have the rights to, just something to mix up the, and break up the monotony. So something to just give you something a little more visually. Um, and this was the opportunity to dive head first into that. If you had Fight Island where you couldn't have any any fans there anyway, um, why not have you know Dana White sitting there like like Shane Chisung in in the background, lowering over the cage? So just 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 why not? Why not? I mean, what, what we got to lose? This sport is already uh, a carnival. It's already a ridiculous mess of, of foolishness. Just embrace it. Just love it. 
I'm so disappointed. I was on uh, the reaction <laughs> UFC. There you go. I did a reaction piece with, with Mike Heck yesterday when they announced it. And they asked me, go, are you surprised it's Yaz Island? And I was more surprised at myself that it wasn't my first guess. I was like, when as soon as they announced it, I was like, yeah, duh. Why didn't I think of that? I mean, Habib, don't let's not forget, Habib flew to Abu Dhabi when yeah. he thought he was going to fight Tony. And then when he couldn't get in, he just went back to Dagestan. I'm like, oh, yeah. Habib was already on his way to Abu Dhabi. This should have been the first th- thing I thought of. So uh, not surprised it's Jazz Island. I am surprised that it was not my first guess. I can't think it was going to be like Costa Rica or something like that or off the coast of Florida. Which something. is not an island. I know. <laughs> but every, I know. Everyone kept but saying, dude, Bodog already did Costa Rica, like, which is not an island. But, but technically, every continent is an island because it's surrounded yeah. by Shut water. Up, Whoa, <laughs> you just blew my mind. <laughs> It's so they could have they could have just they could have just gone to Tachi and hey like North Quite America is technically an <laughs> island, island so whatever North America is an island right <laughs> well if you include South America too as an island it's fair don't yeah. do this so North like, America is a peninsula <laughs> I guess uh, Jesus Christ <laughs> what is this delved next question Casey. no screw that we're talking ge- we're talking geography bro this is we're not talking MMA anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I control I control I control the questions I can do whatever I want. We're just, All right, just, ask your geography that question. <laughs> what, what's your favorite fjord? All right, who's wait. your favorite? Who's your favorite explorer, and why is it Magellan? It, it is Magellan. It's always Magellan. Ah. Everyone loves Got Magellan. It. Magellan rules. Yeah. Airhorn from, from Ferdinand. Francis Drake has the coolest name though. <laughs> yeah, but Magellan had to go all the way down to South America when he could just cut through. Right. He took the long way for no hey, reason. Hey, hey, Jose, next time you talk to Dana, make sure you ask him what, if it was, what his favorite um, explorer is. What's your favorite explorer, and why is it not Magellan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt the Donk. Of course, yeah, it's going to be Yaz Island. Uh, from Zaku Kokegi and SJY, uh, have a dual question because SJY is responding to Zaku Kokegi, two longtime commenters. Putting yourself in Dana's position, how would you go about resolving the current issues with Jones, McGregor, and Masvidal? And then SJY responds with, you can also throw in Triple C. So we talked about it a little bit. Uh, Jones and Masvidal are, 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 are voicing their displeasures at fighter pay. John Jones even said, don't. I'm sure you both saw it. He put out the tweet. And he goes, advice to young fighters. Don't let the UFC take advantage of you. Uh, get paid now. He said he, he got taken advantage of him throughout his entire 20s uh, because what was John Jones? Thing? It's like you're building the UFC brands. You're not just building your own brand. So get paid when you can. Uh, I don't. McGregor's not really asking for more money. He's asking for he, he just wants competition. Uh, he wants to fight <laughs> Justin Gaethje for whatever reason. He's just like, why can't I fight Justin Gaethje? Wow, wow, wow. Let me fight Justin Gaethje. And Dana's like, no. And then Triple C retired uh, because uh, he felt he did everything. And there is a there is a number he'll come back to fight for or he'll want to fight Alexander Volkanovsky. So, Chris, I'll start with you again. What do you do with Jones, McGregor, Masvidal and Triple C? Three, four fighters who are four of the big, I say McGregor is the biggest superstar in the history of the, the company, the sport. Uh, I think John Jones is one of the few other fighters that seems to be much watched television. Masvidal is very hot right now. Uh, and Triple C is one of the greatest combat sports athletes of all time, as he calls himself. So what do you do with these four? Well, if I was in Dana White's position and I am the president of a billion dollar company, 
and my main stars are complaining about pay, I would pay them what they are asking for because they're the ones bringing in the revenue. When you buy a pay-per-view, it's more than likely for a specific fight or a couple fights, something like that. You have John Jones, greatest light heavyweight champion of all time. You have McGregor. We don't even have to touch on how like astronomical his influence is when it comes to MMA in general and especially the UFC. You have Henry Cejudo, who as frustrating or annoying as his shtick may be, he's a damn good athlete. And he's probably one of the best champions that the UFC will have and has had. And then you have Jorge Masvidal. I think I talked about this with Ant before. I personally believe that he should definitely get paid, but it starts to get confusing because you're the champion. You're the BMF champion, right? And a lot of people are saying that this is a, a one-time thing and, and whatever. I'm starting to think, like, is that one-time thing as far as, like, benefits go, as far as pay goes? Because now they're trying to put him right back to the kind of pay structure he was making when he was a, a regular welterweight contender. So I don't know too much about the Jorge Masvidal situation, but I do know if people are talking about him, people are eating up the whole Street Jesus thing. They're eating up the, the three-piece and a soda thing still <laughs> to this day. That's always repeated. I mean, these guys are all marketable, and they've done it in their own way, good or bad. John Jones, yeah, we, we know what he has done, but he's always in the headlines, whether it's a good or bad situation. Henry Cejudo has his thing. Masvidal has his thing and McGregor is on a different level. So if my top guys are talking about being paid more, I would do it. I don't see how they're not making more than they already are. I mean, and, and the fact that Masvidal pointed out that they're making roughly between 15 to 18 percent of the revenue that the, the company brings in is, is like insane to me. And Which I think, Dana White completely skipped over when someone asked. Yeah, him. yeah that was it, ridiculous absolutely ridiculous because you look at other major sports organizations and they're making around 50 percent like that's a great split that's a good split if you can't do that in mma especially the ufc who has always championed themselves as being the leader in mixed martial arts what are we doing you can't you can't underpay these guys you can't lowball them so i pay them wouldn't it be great if mma had a union Oh my God! If they don't have one by like 2024 or something, it's I'm never gonna, gonna happen. It's never gonna happen. But see, I'm thinking like maybe they have so much traction behind it right now because the main guys are talking, and then we talked about Sean O'Malley before. But then I'm like, who really has the upper hand here? This sport is built on opportunity. So if these guys don't want to fight, some other guy is gonna want to do it, and Dana White is happy to give it to him. So I, I don't know how long we can hold off on this. We'll have to see about that, too, because I think the UFC is probably in a better position because we've seen these fights before. We've seen the fight between mm -hmm. them and the promotion over pay and what ends up happening. They figure it out. I think what the UFC and fighters would need is we saw once when they had that athlete summit and Kobe yeah. Bryant came out and was like, y'all need a union. Right. Like Kobe Bryant's voice carries like I hate to say it carries so much more water in just the world than any MMA fighter, like RIP Kobe. So, but he, they need someone like that, who has it, a professional athlete that is a global icon to come right. out. But that was also like, Kobe didn't say that on TV. Like who was it, Leslie Smith or someone was like- Leslie, was like, Leslie like, actually asked him the question. Yeah, someone was like recording it on their phone. Like Kobe Bryant was on ES, like first take, it was like, Dana, 
fight or pay. Why don't you have a union? Like that would get things moving. Because uh, I hate, because I, I again, I hate to say it. Kobe Bryant being on ESPN saying it carries a lot more than John Jones tweeting about it. Uh, but Ant, what do you do with these four fighters that are disgruntled? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm with Kristen. You you pay them more. And and the thing is that you don't have to. If you're the UFC, you don't necessarily have to go the direction of the NFL or the NBA mm-hmm. where they where the, the the athletes get half of the the revenue. If they're getting 15 to 18 percent now. If you met them halfway at like 30, you just might quiet a few people down uh, and and still maintain, you know, most of their power base. So Mm -hmm. I I think at this point, it's just pure stubbornness. And and how ridiculous is it that um, that Dana White references Deontay Wilder, um, you know, and (laughs) when Deontay Wilder is not nearly the level of draw that John Jones is not nearly like he should. Jones should be getting paid more than Deontay Wilder. Um, it, the, the problem is the UFC's business structure. It's not it's not that, that these guys don't sell. It's that, that what they sell doesn't go in their pockets. <laughs> so that seems to be a problem with the business structure. So if they want to preserve that business structure, they're going to have to give some leeway, at least to the to the, the star fighters that are that are starting to speak up, uh, because I think if, if they leave this unchecked, just more and more people are, uh, could, could jump on board with this. I mean, we saw um, how fighters on Twitter started drawing the line in the sand, and this is where mm-hmm. they stood on it. You saw guys like Ray Maynard and Cub Swanson mm-hmm. jumping into this. We got the question from um, from Shorty Torres okay, earlier, mm-hmm. like, there are going to be more fighters. If you, if the UFC just stands back and just lets it play out, more people are going are, are gonna to be disgruntled, and they're going to be vocal about being disgruntled. I, I think that the fighters, though, they've lost so many opportunities to do something like this um, that it's just, it's just mind-blowing. Like, my my take was um, at UFC 232, which you know I was I was there covering live and seeing how that event got switched last minute and all the fighters that got mm-hmm. screwed over as a result. If they weren't going to unionize then, if they weren't going to talk amongst themselves, I mean they're already staying at the same hotel, they're already mm-hmm. in the bus together, on the plane together. If they don't just say, hey, you know what, we're tired of this shit. If they don't just come together and just have that conversation at that moment while they're all actively being screwed and money is directly falling out of their pockets as a result of something that they have absolutely zero control over, then I don't think this is ever going to happen. Um, so maybe maybe now we're at one of those those rare flashpoints where if, if things go the right direction, all those dominoes do fall, maybe. Um, but if not, we're going to be having this conversation again in a year and a half, and it's going to be it's going to be Gilbert Burns pissed off, or it's going to be uh, Sean O'Malley voicing his concerns again. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's it's time to shit or get off the pot. There you go. Hey, well but, said. But Anthony, who's going to pay for Dana's taxes? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. It's to the Snow point where import itself. when we when we get these like uber prospects like Stylebender and Sean O'Malley and they're really hot right now and the UFC's putting the marketing machine behind it. Like Casey and I have had this conversation like just between like just talking. We're like, I'm just waiting for the day when they get in a feud with Dana White because it always happens. There's always like their champion always gets. Like, I think we saw like a glimpse of it when the Robert Whitaker Gasolum fight fell out. So then Anderson Silva versus Stylebender headlined the card. And Stylebender's immediately like, where did the pay-per-view points go? Where did all that money go? And I'm just like, oh, it's begun. That was just, that's the oh, first. 
It, 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 that was just Stalbin there saying it public, publicly. I guarantee right. you, he, Izzy's a smart guy, and he's been in prize fighting long enough to, like, behind the scenes, yeah, they're... Well, actually, we didn't, we didn't get a question on this, but let's ask this, I want to ask this now. What do we think about DC's, um, Daniel Cormier's kind of almost criticism of these fighters going public? Rather than just keep it behind the scenes, you know, say like, that's the way to go, guys. What do we think about that? I'll, I'll Enjoy. jump on this for <laughs> um, Yeah, I'm, I mean, as, as much as I uh, love Daniel Cormier as an athlete and as much as I respect him as a man, I, I think as far as the fighters that I've personally interacted with as a human being, he's probably the most impressive uh, just as far as the sincerity and responding to your questions and, and just the heartfelt answers and whatnot. Um, so with absolutely no disrespect to Daniel Cormier, but he is playing the company man to a T. You know, I, I, I do think it's I mean, the UFC has obviously taken care of him where they haven't with other fighters. And he was uh, vocal about some sort of um, things like a ten thousand dollar bonus or something that got sent to him by surprise around Christmas and all that. So the UFC looks out for guys in a very deliberate fashion, I think. Um, he's got his opportunities as a commentator and as an analyst and whatnot, and, and he's done very well in that role. So for Daniel Cormier to go against the company line right now, he has so much more to lose other than his time in the cage, which probably with this this uh, trilogy fight with Stipe most likely will be coming to an end. So uh, Cormier is certainly looking out for self right now. So if there's any voice that I normally respect on a lot of issues in the sport or a lot of uh, analysis or just any any sort of voice that I respect in the sport, it'll be Daniel Cormier, except for this topic. Uh, his is a voice that I don't think should carry any weight right now. Um, the UFC obviously has had private negotiations with all these fighters. I seriously doubt that John Jones just woke up one day and decided to just go on a Twitter rant. And then, you know, and then two days after that, Jorge Masvidal decided to go on a Twitter rant. And Henry Cejudo decided, oh, I'm suddenly going to retire now without having any conversation about future pay. That Those those conversations, is, it, is, it doesn't match up. Uh, but Daniel Cormier habitually will take the company line. Therefore, can't listen to him for this one. Kristen, same question. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I thought <laughs> Daniel Cormier, you know what it is? I, I think he's trying to ensure his future with the company, especially because not only is he like an amazing fighter and an amazing champion, he's finally got this trilogy with Stipe. He has a future in broadcast, and I don't think that he's trying to screw up any kind of opportunity that the UFC is going to give him as far as that goes. So I think he's trying to not play like a mediator or anything like that, but just kind of quell the flames that have been slowly rising from a lot, a lot of the fighters. I personally don't see the issue in taking it public because, as Anthony said, I'm pretty sure they've had private negotiations and there's always going to be an opportunity where a question comes up and they're like okay well why couldn't you get john jones versus francis Ngannou done and you're going to hear what dana white has to say and that's one side of the story and the fighter may feel inclined to defend themselves as john jones jorge masvidal they have been doing on twitter so i'm fine with them kind of exposing what's going on as far as the negotiations and the behind the scene work behind it because I, I think they're also trying to get fans on their side. Like, listen, I'm trying to get this fight done for you, but here's what's going on. The negotiations are stalling, and it's for this reason. So maybe 
if public outcry becomes so overwhelming, the UFC will cave in some kind of way and, and give them whatever they're asking for or some version of that. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Daniel Cormier is probably not the best one because he's carrying the torch for the UFC right now. He's not trying to mess anything up that they, they got going for him. Right. Well, I hope that answered your questions, Akuko Kegi, because we went on about a 15-minute tangent on it. <laughs> Hey, they're big topics. Hey, it was they're a, big stars, it was man. Yeah. It was the big. It's the biggest story going on right now. All right, let's go back to some geography. Oh God. <laughs> Dude, I, all, 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 all the user comments. I mean, all the all the comments we're getting is like, guys, let's talk geography, man. Like, I don't want to hear about MMA and like fighting. All right. I failed. Right. Yeah. You guys are weird. Next question. From Trumbo. Connor versus Dana. I'm not usually one to jump to Connor's defense, but Dana saying Connor turned down the last minute replacement fight versus Tony is pretty disingenuous. If you recall, Connor had just released an impassioned plea to the government leaders to close the borders and institute a lockdown. Would have looked really bad to then fly to the U.S. for the purpose of a fight. Bigger question. Is Dana next level villain enough to have offered Connor that fight knowing he turned down simply to be able to use it later if Connor complained about not getting Gaethje or Habib? What level of deviousness do you ascribe to Dana? Well, Damn. this is a phenomenal question, Trumbo. Uh, and I'll start with you. Did any of that scenario ever cross your mind? Yes. That was go. the only scenario that crossed my mind. We've seen this before. We've seen the the disingenuous offer of a fight, knowing that it's going to get turned down and only to be used against them later. So we've we've heard about people who who've had bad injuries and they get offered a fight and they say, hey, I can't fight. And then later on, will he turn down the fight? Um, you know, so this this doesn't shock me in the least bit at all. Um, and then on top of that, like. I think we're getting a lot of doublespeak here because I do remember at one point um, Conor McGregor was trying to get a last-minute fight. I think it was against Frankie Edgar, if if I'm remembering that correctly. Right. So he was he was campaigning for that, and they said, "Oh no, we can't promote a Conor McGregor fight with just a couple of weeks." So so no, Conor's ruled out. Um, but now you suddenly can promote a Conor fight on a couple of weeks' notice, like. We're, we're hearing conflicting messages, and every time we hear that conflicting message, it comes from the same messenger, and it always benefits the company line. I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to call Dana White a a, um, a comic book villain or anything. He's not. He's not like. He's not like Kingpin or or, or Doctor Evil or anything like that. Um, but I will say that he is a fight promoter. Typically, fight promoters do scumbag things. <laughs> Typically, fight promoters what? lie. No way. John King is such a nice man. Uh, Don Don King is a saint um, um, among demons, I guess. I don't know. Like, I, 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 I look at fight promoters as what they are. They are carnival barkers who can tell a good story that's probably got a lot of lies in it. Dana White is no different. Um, so he's just he's just a little more profane with it. And that's really it. So, yeah, he probably did this on purpose. I'd be very surprised if he did Kristen, do you agree? Did Dana do this on purpose? Did Dana offer Connor a fight knowing he would turn it down? Probably. And especially because I don't know what the reason behind it was. I think I saw him on like a media appearance and he said that Connor didn't want to be like the replacement fight because obviously yeah. Connor is going to be the A side no matter what in a fight. 
So for him to switch around and come in on short notice and and take on someone like a Justin Gaethje on a couple weeks notice, it just it just sounds weird. So yeah, maybe he did do that, and and he didn't really care too much either when Connor announced his retirement for the third time. He just said, uh, "Oh yeah, he's making a lot of money from Proper 12. He probably yeah. needs to fight again." And it's like, okay, well, what if he does want to fight again? Are you giving him the fights that he wants? Is Connor? asking for Justin Gaethje because if something happens to Khabib who's the next person to call as, as a replacement as bad as it sounds to say Connor I mean yeah it I, is Connor Connor's the only one exactly there's no one else I mean so it, it's so I could see Dana White doing this on purpose I don't know what's going on between these two it's just a, a weird situation overall it's uh I think when Dana seems like I think we all agreed when, like, when Connor announced his retirement for like the third time, you're just like, yeah, okay, guy. Like, yeah. whatever you say, whatever you say, man. Uh, I think but we Dana was, well, I think when <laughs> we Dana, about- when Dana was like, like, like Christian said, just like, she, she, he didn't seem like overly angry about it. Like, especially like the, when GSP announced his retirement, it's because now Dana doesn't have to promote a fight with Connor with no fans. Because he's like, oh, that takes that. That that makes my life easier. Now I don't have to try and book Conor a fight knowing that he'd be fighting in front of no one because losing out on a Conor McGregor gate is a lot of money. So Mm -hmm. maybe – and also remember what? Four to eight hours, 24 hours before Conor announced his retirement. Did you all see that video he posted on his Instagram of him hitting pads and hitting – like he has that like boss rooting like set up with like all the, the, the targets everywhere. And he's like hitting them. And he's like putting in good work, this and that, and then he deleted it. Oh. So like he literally like twenty four hours before was like feeling good working on striking, and then he announced his retirement, and then Dana was like, "Oh, that's a shame. Like he has a lot of money, I guess he doesn't have to fight." But now in the back of his mind, I bet he's like, "Great, now we now he can be retired until fans can be in attendance, and we don't lose out on a McGregor gate." That's probably anyway. What- that's just my theory. Well, that makes sense to me. Guaranteed money from ESPN changed everything. Everything. Yeah. Everything. That's why Brock Lesnar didn't come back. Because he doesn't get that pay-per-view points. He wanted that just flat lump sum. Wait, did, did you just say that Con- like, Connor is going to get the next title shot? Is that what you said? After no, if, if, if Habib or Justin had fallen out, like, I think even just looking at the lineup Connor would be logic like it would probably wouldn't be Connor but if you're just looking at rankings and stuff it would probably would be Connor yeah. I, I it's a this modern UFC it's a low, l- lowest lowest bid gets the title shot sure but that would be a, that would be an excellent way for Dana to get his fight between rematch between Habib and Connor yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just see saying. it's gonna be Habib versus like you know Charles de Bronx you know Paul Felder Paul Felder <laughs> There you go. Unless anyway. New York messes that up again. All right. Thank you, Trumbo. Yeah, honestly. Good question, Trumbo. Lots of words. Good spe- These are some excellent questions this week, guys. Y'all did good job. <laughs> uh, here we go. From another question from Trumbo, oh. DC versus Stipe. Oh, wait. Ooh. Well, first. Where, did we already go uh, over this? Oh, you, you read it real quick. Sorry. Well, real quick. First of all, it's Stipe versus DC. Oh, Champion gets top billing. I know DC is a company man, but do you like do you like D- Dana giving DC a shot at the heavyweight belt, knowing that he'll retire and vacate if he wins? Do you think Dana is banking on being able to coax DC into a defensive if he wins? Are you a fan of giving fighters title fights for their last fight? I personally think it hurts the division's credibility. 
because the new champ didn't win it off the the lineal champ, i.e., let's say DC beats Stipe, retires, vacates the belt, then Stipe fights in Gano, and Stipe wins the belt again. A bit weird. It is weird, but is anyone saying it? Who's saying that it shouldn't be DC versus Stipe or Stipe versus DC3? Is that, like, I get it, but, like, who would you rather see DC fight right now for his last fight? John Jones? It's either for, twice over. Yeah. No, no. Oh, I. Yeah. Oh, for DC? I mean, there's DC, uh, DC Stipe is the first one I want to see. DC John Jones at heavyweight is the second one. Yes. And DC versus Nagano is the third one I want to see. Yeah. But, but that like, order. There's, yeah. DC is the logical fight. Like, even if he wasn't retiring, this fight would make sense. Even no, if he is retiring, this fight makes sense. And we just said that you sell fights on storylines. And this is an amazing right. storyline. Plus, you had the retirement angle. Plus, you had, you know, DC. You no, know, has said he's kind of hinted that in the second Stipe fight he took it injured and he probably shouldn't have taken it. You know, hence the um, weird game plan that he had with the no wrestling. So uh, yeah, this this fight absolutely makes sense, and the retirement angle is even a bigger uh, selling point. So uh, nice question, Trumbo, but I don't I don't I don't agree with it. <laughs> really quick, like rapid fire, and do you agree with this fight? Absolutely, the winner is the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. Book it. Could be the greatest heavyweight in general, all of MMA. Kristen, yes. same question, real quick. Is this the fight to make? Yes, absolutely. They there need you. not to make it. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thank you. Thank you for the question, Trumbo. Another question right here. Is Dana really going to do a charity <laughs> fight from at the seaside? No. And your thoughts. Um, yes, please, but it's not really going to happen. Yeah. Kristen, your thoughts on Dana fighting fellow Floridian Dan Levitard? Well, you know I'm going to be biased, and I, and I have to root for my fellow Floridian man. So, fellow Floridian man like I am one. Sorry. But <laughs> I, I, I don't think Dana's definitely – he's not going to take a fight. Wasn't he supposed to fight a, a Tito? Tito, Yeah, and Tito yeah. backed out apparently. That was Tito like, backing out going to Dana. Allegedly, yeah. So it's not going to happen. Have you seen the whole spikes? The 30-minute. Oh yes, yes. I love it is, everything. It about is a sitcom. Every yeah. every new MMA fan who came like in the Connor era, the Ronda era, find, Google that. I think it's on YouTube. Watch it just to understand what what the UFC really is, like what what the sport really is, because like, that's that was just peak promotion and just. Oh, they, even, who is, they even got who's the old Nevada State Athletic Commission? Keith something? Keith Kaiser. Yeah, Kaiser. even he was there for the weigh-ins because they were taking it that seriously. Like, oh my God, I wish, yeah, go watch that. But no, it's not going to happen. Also, I don't know how I feel about Dan Levitard. He says some things that I hate and then he says some things that I agree with completely. Very bizarre. Yeah, like everyone. Like everyone. Yeah, I don't like how he sold his Hall of Fame vote for the MLB. That infuriated me. Oh. But then I agree with what he's saying about Dana White. But anyway. Well, we we really need to see Stephen A. Smith in there with that with that growing shot to the uppercut combo. Like that that's that's, that's the fight to make. <laughs> anyway, we got any more questions? I'm sure we have more questions. We start a little bit late. Uh, we can, yeah, we get actually we're done with our question questions. Let me pull up some fun ones from the YouTube comments. From YouTube. Oh, what's going on? Wrong button. Do you have any more ice cream questions? That was a really good one. I think about that like every few days. I'll ask uh, you guys that question later. It's, it's so right. good. 
There's a right answer to it, by the way. Everyone else answered wrong except for me. <laughs> Jose you know, you know I, I can't I can't find the question, but I saw it earlier, so I'll just ask it. Um, what are we thinking about this this Saturday's actual fights? We have we actually have fist fighting this Saturday. Remember when we all we, everyone's like, oh, we need sports in our life. Well, we got it this Saturday, and no one asked one question about it. Freaking weirdos! You got free fights this Saturday. You have a, you have a you have an awesome main event between two exceptional lady flyweights. Who wins? And are you excited about this main event? So I think that I saw the question. It was fighters like fans were complaining that we're not getting fights all the time, and then as soon as they announce the fight, they complain about the fight. Oh, like, yeah. It's like fans are like, "We want fights," and then they're like, "Not that fight." So, Chris, <laughs> I'll start with you. Your thoughts on Saturday's main event? Yeah, I'm fine with it. I, I'm in the boat of I will take a fight right now. I don't know why everyone is expecting like the three fight championship combo for every single fight card that we're going to get in the middle of a freaking pandemic like you you get with what we can work with and if cynthia calvillo versus jessica i is the main event then okay that's fine i'm pretty sure that you could think of a lot of other main events that you didn't want to see but you tuned into anyway so i think give the ladies a chance it doesn't have to go for everybody but it's fights that's what you want at the end of the day right so just watch it and your thoughts on saturday's main event um, I mean, it's it's definitely a high enough level fight to where it should get prominent placement. I, I don't think this necessarily is oh, main gosh, event material, but uh -huh. main card sounds about right to me. But I think the problem more so is the fact that we have fights, we have fight cards that are ridiculously stacked, and then we have this. Like that, if, if you took one or two fights off of one or two other cards and put it on this one, then you've got something that's probably going to be a little more respectable in the, in the eyes of a lot of fans. But, I mean, I... I'm not ready to jump off a bridge um, complaining about this. I mean, at, at this point, the UFC is behind on their contractual obligations to, to ESPN. So they're just going to put together what they can and we watch it or we don't. It, it's just that simple, um, considering the fact that all four of us um, are professionals in mm -hmm. the watching part. We're probably going to be watching. Um, I might cheat and may not watch it live because, you know, hmm. I might just start grilling and listen to some some schoolboy Q or something instead. I don't know. Um, at least it's not Joe Budden. Oh, oh let's 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 let let's not will not be tolerated. Joe Budden slander is, is not to be excused, my friend. Um <laughs> so so yeah, I'm I'm okay with this. Um but I'm gonna still get my jokes off. That's that's just what it is. Per usual. Yeah, I don't really <laughs> when they announced the fight, I was like, All right, like that's I don't really didn't bother me. You know who else it didn't bother? The fighters. Like Callan Chukagan was like, I love it. And like, yeah. so like if the people that it actually affects, that doesn't bother them, doesn't bother me. Also, like people complaining at Jessica, I and Cynthia Calvillo, like, why are you complaining at them? What are they going to do? Say no. Like, and if I gave you $500,000 to play point guard for the Lakers for a week, would you? Absolutely. I yeah. Like, take that money. yeah. You're going to say, I, I was, I was considering challenging CM Punk during the pandemic, but, um, I haven't been able to put together a good enough fight camp. So, oh, okay. I like it. I'll hey, come to Panda Dojo and get my training in. <laughs> go, man. Hey. Look, I even, have, I, even, I even have indoor mats now. I have, I have a garage dojo and indoor mats right here. Hey, Casey, have you, have you ever do that Russian bag over the head yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can do it now. I, I, did, I, did, I did pull my back a little bit the other day, but um, I had to slow down a bit. But, yeah. Have Bulgarian, you worked? Bulgarian bag. Bulgarian bag. 
37 pounds. That thing's heavy. Can you put your foot behind your head yet? Oh, man. R.I.P. Uh, P.T. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> oh He's still on this earth. Oh, well, if I don't see him, I don't. you don't exist. So That's true. You never know with P.T. It is Ireland. There's a lot of craziness. Is it, if you guys ever talk to P.T. off camera, ask him about, like, just life in Ireland, and I'm just like, how are you still alive, man? Like, there's no reason for you to be here. It's insane. Anyway, any other questions, Casey? Uh, la, la, la. <laughs> Anything about this? There's... Are there any? Uh, I'm trying to find other questions about. I'm trying to give more focus to the fight card this weekend. Um, yeah, a couple people say Robertson Vittori should be main event, which I don't agree with. Neither of those guys are top ten. If um, anything, I had. I, if any, if there was a uh, scenario that I, I would have preferred, but again, it doesn't really bother me. Is if they had just made Alzheimer Sterling Sandhagen the main event from lat. They they took that fight and made it the main event for Saturday, so they would get the five rubs. But I think Alzheimer Sterling fighting on that card brought, probably got a lot more eyeballs anyway, so didn't didn't bother him. Yeah, I, I I can I can see both ways on the UFC. You know, you want to you want to load up your pay per view. You know, you're, you're paying money for the pay per view, yeah. so you want to see top level fights. So um yeah, uh yeah you know yeah. <laughs> I see a baby behind you. Yeah, is that your yeah, baby? Is that yours? Is that, yeah, yeah. That's, that's my baby. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, just my baby. I didn't rent a baby today. That's my actual baby. <laughs> Any other questions, Casey? Or are we signing off? Oh, uh, what do we got right here? Is this a good one? Ooh, can you From Ollie, do any of you fear that Aldo might miss weight since we've seen several guys like Stevens and Robertson botch a weight cut? If, if Aldo misses weight, does the UFC bail on the fight so we get a champ? What a on that fight so do we get it let's fix your grammar ollie my goodness um so Kristen, are you afraid jose aldo will miss weight and will will be one let will the bantamweight champion the title will still be vacant after ufc 251 didn't he already make 135 he sure did made 136 136 okay maybe he didn't look the best but he made it so why would i be worried about it now because of the whole pandemic thing i'm pretty sure fighters are finding the ways that they need to do to lose weight so i'm not worried but if aldo does happen to fall out of the fight i, I mean i'm not saying that that would be a bad thing because i am of the aljermaine sterling train i want him and peter yan to fight so bad so do i so if if aldo is out of the the picture i, I mean I, i'm not gonna cry over it I, i'd much rather see the aljermaine sterling fight and he definitely deserves it after that san hagen performance well aljermaine did i asked him and he aljermaine said he'd stay ready just in case something happened so and what do you think about this aldo yan fight um i mean it's happening it's it's gonna be a good let's fight, not I forget think. that aldo is own one and is ranked yeah. number six at band yeah, like if, if we're just looking at pure a, martial arts entertainment, yes, it's a great fight, but it Aldo does not deserve a title fight. At least have a win in the division that lost, you've competed he lost, in. He lost the fight. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's nuts. Like, And he lost to the former champion. So so now with the, the title being vacant, like if anything, it should be Marlon Marais uh, and Jan or Jan and Aljo. Those are, those are the only two iterations of this that make any sense whatsoever. Um, so... I'll, I'll be entertained by the fight. Hopefully Aldo makes weight. I'm not necessarily too concerned about that. I'm concerned about his long-term future at Bantamweight, considering how bad he looked on that scale. Uh, but mm -hmm. I, I'm sure he'll make it for this one, and the fight will happen despite the fact that it shouldn't. I'm a big fan of um, if Aldo – I want Aldo to rematch – should be rematching favor at Bantamweight. 
because their first fight in mm-hmm. WC days was a featherweight, and then yeah. uh, Marlon can either fight Cruz or Frank Yeager can fight Cruz because I wanted both of those fights so badly. But like Marlon Moraes seems to be the odd man out in this whole scenario. Like he, he, he called was- out Dominic, which I love. I love that fight. Jan and Jan and Marias were booked. They were already booked. They were supposed to be fighting um, Kazakh- Kazakhstan. Were, yeah, that's it was, a very it was, good point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I'm a bit. I I, I think Marlon Marias still deserves it, but whatever. I, uh, I'm just, I'm just amazed at the the dedication to get Aldo this title fight. Like during the pandemic, like all right, you know, you had to make do with what you can get. But now they just or, they double down on it. Like Aldo actually earned the title shot. It's we amazing. said the same thing. Like. When Amanda won, we were all like, what's next? Like, if she wants to drop back down to Bantamweight, and Casey and I were like, well, it's us any Aldana. Like, that's the only fight to make it Bantamweight. Now she has to fight Holly Holm. If Holly Holm beats another contender, like, you know they're going to try and get Holly another title shot. Like, they really want Holly to fight for the title again. So, uh, but that's a tough fight for both of them. Uh, but that's a conversation for when that fight happens. Uh, Casey, any other questions? Um, nah. All right, question for oh, both of you. Uh, yeah. If you... This was asked several weeks ago, uh, and we all gave our answers. Pizzi gave the worst answer. Uh, Angela Hill gave a good answer, and I can't remember who was on after. Oh, Brian Boone Kelleher also gave an answer. Uh, he had a good answer. Um, but I'll be the judge of your guys' answer. Uh, if you could turn your arm into a Mega Man-style cannon that only shoots ice cream to save world hunger, and you can only shoot one flavor, what flavor would it be? And let's keep in mind, there's a few things I want to clear up because this is my scenario. This is not a continuous stream of ice cream like soft serve. So it's not just like a flamethrower of soft serve ice cream. This is a one shot. Like you're shooting, you're shooting scoops of ice cream, right? So you're not just pop, pop, pop. But you only get one flavor to save world hunger. What flavor do you choose, Kristen? Your answer. I can already guarantee my answer is going to piss a lot of people off because this flavor... I see a lot of hate for it. All right. My yeah. flavor is mint chocolate chip. That's a terrible answer. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, but it's my favorite flavor. I don't well, care. Let me, I'll, I'll answer, I'll, I'll respond to that in a second. Wait, and yours is probably vanilla because you're vanilla. Excuse Ooh, whoa, me. Whoa, whoa. Excuse wow. me. Wow. <laughs> Excuse me? That was my Sound my bombs that just drop right there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, and what's your what's your answer? Cookies and cream. That's the okay, only answer. So that is so. That, Christian, I'll answer yours in two parts. Uh, one, <laughs> I approve of your your flavor based on there are things in the fla- in the ice cream because uh-huh. it's more filling. So you got you have to use less, and it's easier to spread out. Um, someone says butterscotch. I disagree. Pizzi said vanilla, which is the worst. That's the worst flavor. Like it's not a bad flavor, but it's a bad flavor for hunger because it's un- it's not filling. You need an ice cream with things in it, like fish food or chocolate fudge brownie or cookie dough. Like that's more filling, so you you can spread it out more. If you just get a thing of vanilla, you're like, wow, I ate this and I still want more ice cream. Where's the ice cream man? All of a sudden. So, Christian, uh, you picked a terrible flavor, but I like thought process and putting the chocolate chips in there because mint and chocolate do not go together. Yes, they do. No, and, what is it? And the little I mint chips—they're gonna because it's a weapon too. They're gonna—they'll slice you up too. This is not a weapon. This is to save world hunger. We're not using this to to to, to thwart evil. Well, I mean, can, wait, can wait, we wait, thwart wait, the so, evil so, so, so that starts so, world hunger? Can we shoot at them and and let them get cut with the mint Casey, chips? I know. I see you're confused. I know this is a lot. Like you're on the wrong side of forty. So I'm going to talk to you about this fantasy. This fantasy so scenario. Me- this, Mega Man. Like this. Like this is a weapon of peace now. 
This is it's this to is, save world hunger. That game. That, I used Mega Man. That as version of Mega Man sucked. <laughs> yeah, it did. But that I'm Same talking one. like I use Mega Man as an example of someone that like you know because some people are like, well, what do you mean? Do I get a gun? Do I get a laser? I'm like, no, it's literally like your hand is a cane and like, and then it pops out like uh, Metron style. Except Metron was a suit. Shout out to Matron. Rocky Road, strawberry cheesecake, banana nut. I've never had strawberry cheesecake ice cream, banana nut, and uh, whatever the other one was good. Pistachio. Eh, yeah. You're going to kill someone with that one, yeah. probably. Thin okay. mints. about the chocolate chips. Pistachio okay. will definitely slice them. Rum raisin, bro? Oh, I mean, I don't like raisins at all. Yeah. One time I went to a – Casey and Esther were there. We went to a – what was it? Sunrise Coffee, Casey? In Vegas? And they kept – Oh, yeah, yeah, they kept giving my order to the wrong table like three times in a row. And finally, I was like, where's my food? And they were like, what do you mean? I'm like, we brought it to the table this. And we're like, it's not my table. They did that three times in a row. So then finally, they were like, we're sorry. Here's a cookie. And we're working on your order. They gave me a raisin cookie. I'm the like, this is worse thing. than before. I I'd rather have no cookie and no food <laughs> than having a raisin cookie and no food. Anyway, but I digress. Whoa, so, calm, calm down. Let it go, Jose. I will oh, never let, let it go. That was, one of the, that, that was a dark moment in my life. But anyway, we're up on time. Good answers all around on the ice cream question, even though uh, Kristen picked a terrible flavor. Uh, thin mints are terrible, by the way. Um, as always, uh, the guests of honor get to plug, talk about, say whatever they want, and I'll start with you. All right, so I'm going to tell you guys a quick little story here. So I went to uh, one of the protests last week in L.A., I was in downtown L.A., ready to get my protests on. Um, so I thought that the cops were going to tear gas everybody and start clubbing us upside the head. So I was prepared. I had goggles, like construction goggles in case the tear gas started. I had my mouthpiece in in case I got bashed in the mouth. And I had my protective cup because police dogs like to go for the nuts. Um, now, we ended up, this ended up being peaceful, fortunately, but we marched about 15 miles. So I'm walking about 15 miles with this protective cuff in. I have, and the cup started rubbing against my inner thigh, exposed some skin, so I missed the layer of skin inside my thigh. And that's what I like to call a justice rash. So I have been injured for the cause. Um, but yeah, I just had to share that I'm a casualty of war. Let's go. I love it. I love it. Kristen, what you got to say? Say, plug, anything you want to do. Uh, I'm definitely not a casualty of war, but if you can donate to our cause, please do so. There are plenty of petitions, uh, GoFundMes you can sign. We need justice for a lot of people, especially ones on my shirt that are no longer here. So if you can find it in you to support our cause, please do that. And thank you to all those MMA fighters from a bunch of different promotions for speaking up on it, especially about racial injustice right now. It's definitely an important conversation to have. And you guys, rightfully so used your platform right now to say exactly what you need to say but i will ask this to plug both of your actual work you guys have a uh a, a piece you work on together right yes, yes. for my mma news king and slim so we uh call, we call each other up we talk about a topic and one of us transcribes it submits it boom there it is king and I love slim it. go check it out guys i thoroughly enjoy that piece uh, where where can they find it what site on uh, my mma news.com there you go. Go oh. read it. And Casey, anything you want to say? What do you got? Yes, yes, yes. To help the cause, um, we, me and Esther Lynn, all elbows online. I was about to ask that. We are selling um, her shirts and 100% of the proceeds, not just the profits, but everything of the proceeds outside of shipping, which is including the cost. So you pay 25 bucks for a shirt. 
um, pretty much all 25 bucks goes to two charities. Oh, sorry, let me show a picture real quick. This, we have a variety of shirts. This is one of the shirts. Where are they? There we go. Right there. I have that shirt. Yeah, it's our my all, our all elbow shirt, and we have a couple more on. We have a couple more um, on her. Just Google all elbows t-shirt, or you'll find it, or follow her on Twitter or whatever. But we're selling those shirts, and all the proceeds go to uh, National Bailout, which is helping um, uh, protesters who've been unjustly arrested and helping them from court costs. And it's a split cause, and the other half of it will go to um, a a theater actually in Los Angeles called Old Time Music Hall and it's been hit very hard by the uh, COVID virus. It's one of my favorite places to go in Los Angeles and it's called Old Time Music Hall and um, so look for us online, order a shirt and all the monies goes to them. And one last thing. Well said everyone. One last thing in uh, in reference to Mr. Anthony Walker's shirt. If um, some of our fans, is, if that's a little too, if that's a little too, um, Abrasive. We also have. We. I. I want to show this off. <laughs> there you go. Well, to keep on theme, uh, for those of you just listening, Ant is rocking an NWA shirt. Uh, what shirt are you wearing, Casey? Public Enemy. Public Enemy. Fear of a Black Planet. Mine just is straight to the point. That says, "Listen to Biggie. Do yourself a favor." Uh, and then, Kristen, who's on your shirt? The victims of police brutality that are no longer here. So Sandra Bland, uh, Mike Brown. The old okay. Sterling on there and uh, yeah. Freddie Gray. Yeah. He's on, he's somewhere. Hold on, I think he's yeah, he's... Here we go. Gotta move my hair out the way. Well said, everyone. And well, well represented. Anyway, uh, this is gonna be a wrap for this episode of The Ace. They went on a long, but rightfully so. Thank you so much, Ant. Thanks so much, Kristen. We are 100% going to have you back on. And of course, you can come on between the links and lose. But that's for another another. <laughs> that's for another week as both of them just give you the side eye right now. But for Jose, that's Casey. That's Ant. That's Kristen. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that stuff. But until next Wednesday, we're out. All right. Good job. That was good, guys. Well done. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.